Hi everyone, I'm Zen, your astrologer, and welcome to your horoscope for the week of June 28th, 2021. We have a very active sky playing out all throughout the week, with a couple of really subtle energy shifts as well, but this might be one of those moments when reality is really, really gonna hit us and bite us hard and mercilessly. You know, I spoke about in all of my previous horoscopes about the main theme of 2021, which is the Saturn and Uranus square. A square which has three very important moments and peaks. One was at the beginning of the year, one was just recently, and we're still not out of it. And the last one is gonna take place around the winter 2021. Now, it is absolutely true that the square perfected itself last week and it did produce a lot of tension, a lot of conflict, a lot of restlessness. You know, events playing out on the world stage with the fires, explosions, the peak of crime rates and of course everything that has to do with media, Saturn in Aquarius, social media, the TV, you know, the world of politics, all the conflicts, ideological battles, even the, like, straightforward battle between different scientists, and that is pretty much empirical, that is evidence-based, and if even they have a massive battle, and if even they cannot agree on, like, empirical stuff, which, you know, can be measured and can be proven one way or another, and even if that is not, let's say, as objective as it can possibly get, well then, imagine all the subtle things, all the subjective things, everything which just has to do with opinion, with perception, worldview, belief, etc. So, you know, this is where the tension is gonna get even stronger, because the perfection of the Saturn and Uranus square that, as I said, has uh, taken place just last week. Well, that was the energy which basically opened the gate to the chaos to come forward. Basically, it was where the wool was pulled off our eyes, collectively speaking, of course. And now other power players are mixing in with this energy. And one of those power players, which is becoming extremely active and an integrate organic part of this very strong square is none other than Mars. Mars in Leo, meaning that he is extremely potent, extremely strong, is capable to take any risk, it is extremely assertive, and this is where it's like a heart-based assertive energy, so when we feel anger or a strong desire, extremely, let's say, sovereign will in our hearts, then of course we are going to take action. A lot of commandment and respect to those people who can withstand this very strong inner call. And what this means is that, well, first of all, Mars is going to square Uranus, which is always, you know, extremely chaotic manifestation. May it be violence, explosions, unusual weather phenomenon, earth events, wind, storms, 
lightning, hail, everything that has to do with the destructive power of Mother Nature. Of course, this also represents, you know, Uranus is extreme rebellion. Mars in uh, the sign of Leo has also so much to do with rebellion in its own way. So you can imagine that these two power players are in conflict. Well, things are not going to be easy to process. Things are not going to be easy to even behold. Because it's not just chaos. It's violence. It is intolerance. It is, you know, the volcano erupting, psychologically speaking. And when this psychological volcano is of a species in its integrity, well, you can imagine how that will mirror, on one hand, in the lives of every individual, but at the same time in physical reality alike. And, you know, I don't like this doomy, gloomy forecasts, but this is also one way, and uh, one with a big probability, that this energy is likely to play out. So crime rates are gonna spike, um, everything that has to do with anger, with rebellion, even it can go as far as the start of some kind of civil war, or not really civil war, it can be like the beginning of a conflict. Just let's take a look at what happened on the Black Sea where Russia almost started an open conflict against the British destroyer or whatever it was. And if you recall the horoscope where I spoke about the uh, total lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, I told you that what events are gonna take place on the world stage around the lunar eclipse, because that's the south node, so it is the karma that we really, really have to discard, overcome, etc., those will become m not just symbolic, but quite dominant in the weeks to follow. And what happened during the lunar eclipse? Well, it was the Israel airstrike, you know, the barrage of rockets, etc. Which in itself was symbolic, let's be honest with ourselves. But that already told us and warned us that, you know, old conflict is still in the air and chances are it, it is going to be this year around the moment when aspects are really, really tensioned in the sky when the conflict is going to be more open. Now, I, under no circumstance does this mean true war, as in destruction, etc. But it, what it does mean that the conflicts need to find a solution, resolution, so the two opposing parties, or let's say the multi-dimensional opposing parties, have to have a meeting, a, a moment of confrontation of any sorts where they can, you know, reach an agreement or at least clearly in a very precise manner see the other party's perspective, point of view and intentions. Now to make this just a little bit deeper and heavier, this week Neptune officially goes retrograde. Well, Neptune in its highest qualities is the divine source, it is spirituality, it is fantasy, art, creativity, it is the Jungian expression of the higher self, our divine sparks which are creators, 
its lower expression, well, it is illusion, deception, lies, and let's alter reality on purpose, of course, to what we want it to be. In other words, you know, there are certain philosophies which look at the world as the Maya, the grand illusion of all things. And when Neptune goes retrograde, well, according to that principle, this is where certain people who are extremely learned and skilled and, you know, etc. have power over the illusion, so they make it what they want it to be. And this whole COVID situation and how different authorities, governments, world leaders handled it was a prime expression of that. They made the illusion be what they wanted it to be. And it didn't matter if someone or anyone could see through it. The truth was simply nullified. So maybe this gesture in itself is definitely going to add to these very conflictual and assertive energies that we're stepping into. And of course, if this in itself wasn't enough, towards the very, very end of the week, Mars is going to be joined by Venus. So it will make that Uranus, Mars, Uranus, Saturn, T-square, like even more intense because Venus is our value systems. It is our feelings and in the heart of Leo, our passions, everything that we would love to attract in our lives. Venus is the attractor, so to speak. She's the female principle. Mars is the doer. Mars is the giver, let's say. Mars is the active principle. And when these two meet in the sky, fortunately, their meeting is not going to be exact uh, at the end of this week. That will go on into the beginning of July. But Venus is still going to be present. The conjunction isn't very distant, so to speak. It's just a six-degree orb, which, you know, is not very tight, but neither is it just the faint energy. So the Saturn, Uranus, and Mars T-square is really gonna be felt even deeply on a heart and emotional level. So that, of course, on one hand, it is extreme discomfort, disappointment, anger, frustration. You know, the inner warrior being extremely active from so very many different levels because this is where Venus also has a lot to say. If, I, if Venus is everything that we want to attract and in Leo everything that we love and are passionate about, everything that we need to have in our lives to make us feel alive, may that be something that's a material or a friendship or living our truth, living our freedom, etc., if that is blocked, because Venus will also oppose Saturn naturally, just like Mars does. You know, Saturn is the limitation, everything that prevents us from living our passions, all of that. So, you know, this is really gonna be quite a savage energy. This is the most negative expression, of course, and this is what might happen more collectively than individually. Because, of course, individually, there is always a potential for something positive to be born from this energy. Like, some people do need a very strong 
a conflictual, let's say, motivation to get out of their comfort zones, for example. Their discomfort within their comfort zones has to be so very severe that they will have no choice but to exit it. And you know, this can be regarding a job, career, relationship, matters of love, matters of finances, anything that has to do with an area of life where this uh, meeting of Venus and Mars takes place for you personally. It might be very tensionate, very conflictual, it might be uneasy, it might be a massive inner conflict or like a vengeful depression, but you know, not the drowning kind where you just, you know, are drowned and wishy-washy and don't have the strength to do anything, but rather the frustration kind, the Freudian kind of depression, which is deep, deep anger and sometimes that anger is directed towards the self because you might say, well, why am I not making a move? Why am I not, let's say, risking? Why am I not being brave, bold and courageous? Why am I not standing up for myself, fighting for myself, demanding my rights, demanding equality, demanding whatever makes me happy? So under this energy, for a lot of people, they're gonna speak up, they're gonna express themselves, they're gonna take action, they're gonna take risks they are gonna do something to step out of their comfort zone and fight for themselves. So, of course, for a lot of people, this can be extremely positive. This can be exactly what they need in their lives to get to a better place, better position, and something really uncomfortable, like a really bad relationship, like a really toxic job, get away from a toxic boss, manager, etc., or basically, for some people, this is what it takes for them to be real and honest with themselves. Saturn, our limit. Sometimes we have to admit that this is our limit and we cannot overcome it. Not because we are not capable or we are less than other people, but because if this is a karmic limit or this is something so very specific to us, well, chances are sometimes limits are meant to keep us safe and protect us, if you know what I mean. Like, let me just give you an example. There might be some people who are just born with a certain kind of fear or a deep rejection to ride motorcycles, let's say. And for those people, sometimes overcoming this fear might actually lead them to understand in a very up-close and personal way why they were born with this fear because a motorbike accident, even if it wouldn't kill them, but you know, that is how fate kind of shows us the truth. Don't get on a motorbike because that is something really bad for you specifically. You might love it, you might admire it, it might make you feel so much alive and free, etc. But because this is a karmic thing, don't do it. This is why you had the fear. But of course, this is just an example. Like, let me just give you another example of a totally different nature. Let's say some people are really talented at something. Maybe they have a beautiful voice or they're really, really good at an art or painting or something really, really ennobling yet they suffer and have done so all their lives from kind of 
social anxiety or anything that, that, which would limit them from using that talent. And of course, there is the choice. One can absolutely overcome their limitations, blockages, fears, and just immerse into expressing of, the, of that talent or whatever it is. And along the journey, they m might find it that being in a public eye or having to do with people, being in the spotlight or center of attention, even if it's the most positive thing in the world that praises and how good you are, how talented you are, applauses, rewards and all of that, they might find it very intoxicating, very harmful for them. And ultimately, after they immerse into it, they will immediately kind of realize why they always had that strong inner blockage. It wasn't meant to stop them. It was meant to protect them from something very, very, uh, let's say, harmful. And after people have this realization, of course, they withdraw and use their talents or skills in a way which doesn't cut through their inner blockage, but rather it navigates around it. Now, just let me build on the voice and singing example that I used earlier. A way to overcome this is, for example, someone tried to sing and of course they had success and applause and everything, but that made them so depressed and that just took away their self-confidence. Because basically that was their trigger. It was not meant for them to live that in this lifetime. But they can, let's say, dedicate themselves to a choir or a charitable activity or to be a musician teacher, music teacher, sorry, piano teacher, whatever. And this way they live their truth and they do give an expression to their talent, but they cut off that which makes them unhappy, the spotlight and the communication. So this is one way how even this very heavy, conflictual, uh, disruptive, destruction, basically, energy, personally can even turn to something really, really good. First of all, wisdom, profound knowledge of the self, profound understanding of one's karma, and the acceptance and embrace of certain limitations and blockages. You know, blockages can be seen as something heavy and uncomfortable, but let me just exemplify it with nature. A stag beetle, it's armor, it's heavy, it's, you know, it limits the insect in so very many different ways. It makes the flight much harder to do, you know, the extra weight and... Of course, the insect is not going to be the fastest insect and the most agile one. But at the end of the day, does it have... How many natural predators does it have because of its armor? So, you know, sometimes limitations are actually our armors. And sometimes it, we are not meant to take them off. And to know the difference, well, that means profound self-knowledge and knowledge of where we stand in life, in the universe, in the human world karmically. You know, sometimes shyness and simply the lack of motivation to do a specific action, a thing, or to immerse into anything, even though you might be the most talented person at that specific domain, is actually the armor 
which tells you that it's not the talent which matters, it's what kind of person you are at the very core of your being. That talent might be the gift of the universe for you specifically to make you feel magical and wonderful and worshipped by the divine powers and that cannot be shared. Because every time we share something, well, we become exposed to other people's egos, psyches, and they drain us. There are certain people who, basically, this is their life goal. This is what makes them happiest to be in the spotlight and be drained. That's absolutely fine. But there are some people who just have to use their skills, their gifts, just for themselves to make their life stories more magical than those people who are in the spotlight, if you know what I mean. And many times in life, it takes such a very assertive, almost cruel, unforgiving, ruthless, celestial energy for us to truly see who we are and to see the intention of the great divine source to us personally. Because many times in life, limitations and that which we cannot overcome no matter how much we struggle and try is actually a divine protection which stands tall no matter what. And the good part is, well, if you cannot break those limitations no matter how much you try, then nothing exterior can do so. May that be an energy, a person, an entity, any kind of ener negative energy, whatever, you know, that which you cannot break, nothing else can break as well, and that is usually a divine protection. And the Saturn in Aquarius, it is society, social norms, peer pressure, all of the illusion that society made real, Saturn is real down to earth. And you know, when you believe Saturn is a principle, it is a power player, which is very, very against illusion. So it doesn't like fantasy, it doesn't like make-believe, it doesn't like anything which comes from, you know, the world of imagination. Saturn has to keep steady structures in order for the divine to exist in matter. So basically it has to hold the balance in matter. That's why it doesn't like illusions so much. But when, you know, Aquarius, human society, the human collective, when you work your ass off, I'm sorry for this word, to make an illusion real, well then Saturn has to give you that right because you worked for it, you sacrificed for it. So let me just give you an example. Social media, again, the sign of Aquarius, it's not real. You know, it is the internet and the internet is humanity's manifested consciousness, but it is just a minor illusionary fantasistic and quite toxic side of the internet and Saturn should block it out. But because so very many people love it, support it, sacrifice for it, do everything within their power to make it real, Saturn has to no choice but to consolidate it, to protect it, to integrate it, so to speak. So that is when an illusion becomes part of reality so it is already treated as something down-to-earth, physical, under the rulership of Saturn. And the only way that can purge out 
is when such a ruthless and really hard aspect takes place. This is where Uranus is the absolute truth. And it takes Uranus greatly agitated, combusted, let's say, enraged by Mars and Leo, so pure primordial fire, in order to strike at the heart of the illusion and highlighted that we made it real, yes, but in its essence, it's fake, toxic, and we're basically being manipulators of ourselves just by using it. But of course, this is just an example of how this energy works. So that is why whatever is being revealed to us individually right now, regardless of which area of life it is, well, chances are it really serves our greatest truth and for us to be able to you know see things as clearly as possible but of course those who are wise and mature in their thinking and have life experience they will not use this revelation this let's say really intense cold shower to fight and to try to create conflict etc they will just you know, accept it and fight their own ways by withdrawing from it. They will just eliminate it from their lives and ultimately that is victory, that is triumph. That is where you are the sovereign ruler of your being, Mars and Leo and of course Venus as well, the queen. A truly wise king knows very well that he has absolute power over his kingdom and when there is filth, there is trouble, there is danger inside his kingdom well first of all he eliminates that on which he has full power over and only then would he go on a conquest to conquer another land or a kingdom, you know what I mean so first of all let's make sure that our own kingdoms are clean and safe and aligned to the truth now I spoke about so much negativity here, let me just give you a really positive aspect which has a really big, miraculous, surprising, delightful, um, truly uplifting potential, the Sun sextiles Uranus. This is a really really lucky aspect, whenever the Sun and Uranus speak in harmony, trine or sextile, sometimes even a quincunx is counted for. It can mean unexpected surprise, it can mean unexpected rewards, it can mean something really delightful, really joyful. The sun in the sign of cancer, well, it is emotional joy. It is everything that has to do with a sense of belonging, friends, family, everything that delights you and makes you feel safe and appreciated emotionally. Uranus in Taurus is basically the upgrade of our value systems. So sometimes, as I said earlier, chaos can create really, really surprising and delightful moments. Uh, Uranus is definitely chaos, especially with the T-square. So if it ever was chaotic, then this is the moment when it's in full blast. But the sextile with the sun... From that chaos, something truly beautiful and wonderful can be born as well. For example, a really, really beautiful gesture 
from someone who loves you, a present, a surprise, a new romance even, a new friendship. Something really positive returning from the past into your life. Or exactly when you felt totally lost, let's say materially, you were looking for a job and just nothing, nothing came up for you. Surprise and delight in a sudden, in a flash, in a lightning bulb moment, it just reaches you, it, it comes to you. You don't even have to look, someone just offers. Or you're walking on the street and there is this big wanted sign and you you just look at it and someone comes out are you interested so you don't even have to do anything other than be open to it and at the same time venus also hold, holds a quincunx with jupiter now both venus and jupiter are planets of good luck good fortune blessings jupiter is the higher one venus is the lower one and the quincunx is a unusual aspect because it links together two areas of life which have absolutely nothing to do with each other so the energies of these two planets have to be like it or not good bedfellows otherwise it turns into awkwardness yet even still these energies are those of blessings so there one way this aspect can be interpreted is as surprise unexpected surprise but this is where the element of the unexpected is as, you know, literal as it can possibly get. Maybe someone who you knew back when you were a child and have even forgotten that that person was part of your life. This is just an example. Returns and surprises you, shocks you, delights you. And something truly beautiful is born out of that. Jupiter and Pisces, the past, karma, uh, benevolence. Nothing is ever forgotten. Venus is, especially in the sign of Leo, everything that our heart wants and needs and desires. And sometimes our desires don't come from the, let's say, easiest way. Even though the universe always works with the principle of the path of least resistance. But sometimes it actually comes from places which logically, rationally, we would never ever in a million years expect. But of course, it also has a not so pleasant uh, expression as well. You know, this quincunx can be just a gesture, so be sure to take it as just a gesture. If it's a promise or if it's something too good to be true, just take it with a pinch of salt. Of course, be joyed and delighted that the universe did create a surprise moment for you. Just don't take it that very seriously. If it's yours, if it's something that you can actually integrate in your life there and then, well, then it's even better than it's a true surprise. But if it's just a gesture, then take it as just a gesture. Let it inspire you. Let it make you think positive things, smile, etc. Now, unfortunately, we have to get back to tension because Mercury just went direct not so long ago. And as it is very slowly moving out of shadow, it resumes its square with Neptune, but this time a Neptune retrograde. Now, what this means is, you know, Mercury was an active part of the Gemini eclipse, which was about finding what we truly want, who we are, 
clarity and all the things that we were confused at. You know, our path to the future, the North Node, of course. And we had a lot of dual, the sign of Gemini, dual information entering our lives. So we didn't know what was true, what was not true. We didn't even know what we wanted. We might have been stuck between two big choices. And at the end of this Mercury retrograde season, both of those choices were eliminated. So we might be still just hanging in the air, having not a single clue what our futures are going to be like. Are we even going to have a future? Or even if we found clarity already, like real solid practical information, we might not know how to execute it, how to get there, how to enable it, etc. And chances are, this is a big, big, big mental work in progress. We may only have the true clarity that we need to move forward at the middle of July. Or better said, the first half of July. It really depends on our personal situation. This is something that doesn't even necessarily depend on astrology. Everyone has a different pace and everyone has a different flow of information in their life. So it depends personally. But around that time, we can really draw the conclusions. And we are really going to stand in from a place of really being found, knowing what we want, knowing what is real and what not, and what we can choose and what we have to necessarily eliminate. But in the process of that, because we are in the process of just filtering all the information and trying our hardest to draw conclusions, when Mercury squares this Neptune, well, that is an energy of deep disappointment. And, you know, sometimes it can even turn into depression. And I'm really sorry to say this because before we see all the things that resonate and are good for us or they hold a true, authentic, grounded, down-to-earth potential, we will see everything that is not going to work out. And Neptune is our aspirations. Neptune is our highest principles, our dreams. Everything that, you know, makes us happy on a soul and heart level. And chances are, though many of those ideals or our dreams are going to just drown in the Neptunian waters. But again, I say this is necessary because we are entering a time, and most importantly, collectively, if we are caught in an illusion, it can be really dangerous for our futures. Not necessarily for the present, but our futures. Like, let me just give you an example. If someone is living a deep, deep illusion that the person in their lives is their soulmate or twin flame or there's a big fated spiritual connection between them, which might be true purely spiritually. But if you decide to have a child, a baby with that person... And their human expression, you know, the soulless soul, but the human they are as the human, is the worst possible parent. Well, then what are you going to do? That is for the rest of your life. So this is why this very heavy disappointment energy is necessary to break up the toxic illusions. Sometimes in life when the choices are extremely impacting for the future, like having a child with someone, 
starting a business with someone, leaving your home, your town, your family, selling your house or whatever and just moving to somewhere totally unknown and just taking a big risk based on just a feeling, well, you know, that needs a very strong reality check because if you hurt your own future like this by following a Neptunian daydream, well, you can imagine that that will have severe repercussions, not just material, but spiritually as well. If the universe, the divine, is paving your every footstep, pushing you, like it or not, into a certain direction, well, of course you're gonna give in to it. And of course you have every right to believe that this is your fate and destiny. But when the universe is silent and you're just seeing numbers and etc., something that your own mental power could easily influence, you know, mind over matter. If you want to believe it, well, it will become real, but that doesn't mean that it's real for the divine, if you know what I mean. So this is why this energy is going to be really bitter for some people, because the big fantasy they were living, especially spiritually or emotionally, is definitely going to shatter. Or let's say another expression of this energy, maybe for you personally, that spiritual path or whatever is truly part of your life, destiny, etc. But that partner you have who you thought was just like you and all of a sudden they're not, well, you're not going to drag that person with you. You're going to do the right thing and just tell them that, look, I'm living this, this is part of me, but it's not really part of your life, so out of compassion I have to leave you behind because I will doom you. No, so this is how this energy can play out, but of course this is on every area of life, depending on where this Neptune and Mercury is for you and your chart. Like, let me give you an example from my own life, my own experience of how this energy would play out. But, you know, I say would because I'm an astrologer. I have to know before it actually hits me. So, you know, I'm an astrologer and a lot of people comment that I'm talented. I'm this and that. And that's absolutely fine. But they wrongly think because of my talent or the really hard work that I put into this. Because, you know, this isn't the result of how blessed I am. You know, this is where when other people went to parties when I was a teenager, let's say, they went drinking, they went having fun, they had relationships. Well, I didn't. I was doing this. So, you know, it cost me my youth. So that's where the talent comes from on one hand. But on the other hand, I'm also a person who totally dislikes and kind of hates with every fiber of my being advertising and you know basically drawing attention tricking people to you know like your page like your work whatever i despise that so how can i possibly be a very well appreciated and famous astrologer and you know i know this and i'm perfectly okay with this but would i actually believe the positive loving as i say neptune 
real love, real support, real desire to see the other person, respectively me, be happy, be successful, whatever, from other people. So the genuine love is there. But if I believe that, and if I believe that just because of my skill or whatever, I'm going to be successful, well, at this moment when, Nep when Neptune squares Mercury, and I'm a Gemini, so Mercury is my ruling planet, you know, I would be in a massive depression, and who knows? Because it would shatter all of the foundations of my belief. But since I try my hardest to live in reality, hopefully this will just come as a bad day, as a melancholic moment, and that's that. And actually, this is the essence of astrology and what an astrologer does to prepare you because it really, really makes a massive difference if you're able to process something in your own time or if it hits you like a lightning bolt because when it hits like a lightning bolt we might react in not so wise ways and the 30th of June might be one of these moments when the lightning bolt hits Mercury squares Neptune, yes but Neptune is conjunct the moon. The moon in Pisces is very, very strong. And it is perhaps one of the most strongest expressions of the unconscious power and everything that it all the power and influence that it holds upon us. So the 30th of June can be a lightning bolt moment when the disillusioning actually saves you. It's not easy, it's not comfortable, it's not beautiful, it might be depressive, sad, etc. But it really sets you free. Like, whatever happens then, whatever information, communication, epiphany, resonation, however the dissolution takes place, or it mustn't necessarily be a dissolution, it can also be a confirmation, a practical, down-to-earth confirmation that you were right. And there is another similar moment to that one. One which has to do not with Mercury, but its higher octave. Uranus, of course. And the moon is also very, very strong in the sign of Taurus. Our value systems, everything that our soul loves, but from a rather down-to-earth and physical way. And Uranus is the truth. Now, Uranus is the cold heart sword of truth, reality descending. So this is a big reality check moment. So basically, this moon conjunct Uranus is going to be an active player in the big T-square. And also at the very, very end of the week, so the 4th of July, Mars is already conjunct Venus. Yes, 6 degree orb, but it's still a conjunction. So both the moon, emotion, our emotional world, and Venus, our heart, everything that we love, everything that we desire and value. So they're going to be part of the square. So you can imagine what a really tensionate psychological moment that is going to be. Yet again, I have to repeat the same thing. This is a reality check. As hard, as cruel, as, let's say spiritually disappointing it may be, we ultimately need this in our lives right now 
Because if we stay in illusion, we will have no future. And this is also about the global illusion of our own personal illusions, of our delusions, all and all those things that we just lie to ourselves. Let me give you an example. Let's say someone is deeply, deeply wounded on a heart level and they try to be positive, you know, let's be positive. Everything is gonna, I appreciate everything. I live in a world of gratitude. Even what happened to me was a blessing. You know, that is a very twisted way to alchemize stuff. Under aspects, aspects sorry, like this, well, you can imagine that the volcano is gonna erupt and it's gonna lead to total psychological and even mental breakdown, if not worse. So, you know, we have to be careful what we do with that Neptune and Jupiter, of course. Positivity and optimism and coping skills and to alchemize negativity into positive and, let's say, meaningful things. Of course, it is the way forward. But how? If we just lie to ourselves, that is not a solution. That's not how we heal. Before we heal, well, we have to focus on the pain. We have to accept that that happened to us. We have to accept that, yes, our hearts or whatever is bleeding heavily and we are extremely unwell. And many times in life, we also have to accept that no one in our lives can help us. And that's how we turn into the divine and through suffering and the understanding of suffering, that's how we alchemize it. And then all of a sudden, each day is going to be a little bit more positive, better and better and better until it really gets to something optimistic and positive and we find ourselves healed or at least our wounds turn to scars. But just, you know, lying to ourselves to be positive when it's actually against the very nature of the human being to be positive when you were stabbed in the heart. You know, this is where we just have to do things in a very realistic way. You know, just being positive no matter what may work like a charm in the divine spheres. But where are we actually? We're in the human world, in nature. So here we have to respect the rules of nature and matter. And matter says that time is needed to heal, of course. Time on its own won't heal. But as, we, as long as we confront the pain and try to do something with it, accept it first of all, and then try to give it a reason, a sense, and life, of course, will start conspiring in our favor to heal us. That's how it's done. And that can take six months, a year, 10 years. But just deciding to be blindly positive and in two days you're a different person, well, you can imagine. As in an actor may put on the superhero suit and for us when we watch the show, they are a superhero and everything's okay. But the actor himself will never jump down the building thinking that he's really a superhero. So basically my advice is on how to cope through this very tensioned, chaotic, almost twilight zone like week is, well, first of all, to accept the truth. 
Don't hide from the truth. Don't hide from your own realizations and epiphanies. Don't hide from what reality wants to show you. Because only once you get confronted with the truth, you know, on life's terms, of course, then you can accept it, make it your own and start alchemizing it. And one doesn't need to have spiritual power to alchemize. Any human being can turn something into another thing. But that has to be based on the truth, on reality. On the other hand, when it comes to relationship, partnerships, friendships, the truth is the truth, but there is no reason why that has to turn into offensive action, harsh words, offending other people. You can be mature and just talk about it and just accept and try to take your relationship in either direction it wants to go further based on calm, peace and basically friendship. Just because you're incompatible, just because there are things you cannot get over, forgive or whatever, that doesn't mean that you have to be like a savage animal and hate that person. You can still just accept that everyone's human at the end of the day. Everyone makes mistakes, everyone has faults and blockages, and that's what it is, you move on. When it comes to spirituality, because there is going to be a lot of dissolution and disappointment in that area of life, well, this may be a little bit harsh for me to say this, but the divine is infinite and almighty, and it doesn't need words, it doesn't need symbols, when it wants to, let's say, make a point, it can do anything infinitely, as in, there, it has no limits. That which only remains a thought, an idea, a conspiracy, and has no divine presence in it, because the divine has to do something, it does have to manifest one way or another. If something is true, well, it has to have manifestation in it. Otherwise, it is just a thought and bye-bye. So, you know, this will be one of those spiritual moments. If something real is real, is authentic, is true, well, prove it. And when I say prove it, not necessarily in an extremely practical or empirical way, but the divine is a living energy, basically, and it can react to anything, make it react, and the proof is there. If it doesn't react, well, that means that it's something else which should not be allowed to react, if you know what I say. So, you know, this energy, spiritually speaking, will sort a lot of people out. It will get them back into reality in the sense that we're not here to dream about other dimensions. We're here to live our stories. We're here to learn our lessons. We are here to see who we are in flesh as well. And that doesn't need us to necessarily be aware of 10 trillion other dimensions because we are not at that stage yet. So let's be honest with ourselves. And of course, like always, reality is what you choose. Reality is what you make of it. All the global chaos, the violence, the conflict, the battle of the ideologies and even science, morality, religion, 
all of the aspects that are really, really upsetting the delicate balance of our world right now, while promoting it, fearing it, focusing on it, living it, while you're making it stronger, detach. You are here to live your life story and existence, and if you're not fatedly caught up in it, well then do whatever makes you happy and feel alive with your life, that is not your conflict, that is not your world, that is not your home, that is their home, the politicians and the world leaders. Your home is nature, maybe your town, your local community, and live your life there as blessed and happy and as empowered as you can possibly manage this. It only becomes your world, your home, if you choose it. So if it becomes too much, turn the TV off, shut the internet down, and just live your life, because in nature, none of that exists. That is just one suggestion. And regarding the Mercury and Neptune square, again I say, it really doesn't matter what the general truth is what happen what's happening in the world, what's happening even with the spirit, with whatever war might be going on out there. You're here to experience this existence and you're definitely not part of that. If you choose it or if fate linked you, tied you, pushed you in it, yes, then you're part of it and it's part of your life but then you already know everything that you need to do. You already found your path, you're just fighting your battles. But if that is not part of your life, then chances are it not, it's not meant to be. So just live your truth, your story, your unique life and lifestyle based on your choices, what is possible and real for you, and leave everything and everyone who is lost out of it, and that's one way of being found and being okay with your life. So this is what I have to say about next week. I'm really sorry that it's not the best of news, but as I said, chaos always has a creative, a surprising, a delightful and magical side to it. And what we resonate with is what we're gonna get. So let's not fear, let's not be paranoid, Let's just be brave enough to take whatever truth life throws at us now and make it our own and move on, move forward. And if we do that, there is no reason why this chaos cannot give us a very pleasant, uplifting, joyful, inspirational surprise. So this concludes next week's horoscope. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye for now.